Seven million dollars over three years. Or no, three years, twenty-one million, seven million per year. What a great start for me. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. What do you guys feel about it? Um, I don't know. I I, I can't tell if this is like you like Lou Lamorello has always been like a very tough negotiator, and I I kind of have trouble trying to figure out whether this. Like whether he won this negotiation or where he lost it, right? Because, like, a I think you would prefer to lock up Barzell long term, and like three years is not a lot. Um, the thing is, though, like at least you locked him up before training, like before the season started. So, I don't know. How about you, Anson? I th- I think, I think it's a win for both because they got three years and he wants to stay. I mean, <clears throat> speaking of Jeffrey's point, you can't figure out whether Lamarilla won or lost. Is that not the best case scenario for both sides? I mean, if you're like figuring out, hey, you know, they're going to, one side clearly won. That's not a good thing, right? Um, Not necessarily. Like, like if you get like a, like a like a team friendly contract. I don't know, like you like seven million, seven million dollars to us. Like, I mean, compared to the Powerball, um, seven million is cheap change. Uh, but like still, like he's getting a pretty decent contract. Um, it's kind of similar to the fact that you can't earn more than the captain type of feeling too, which is kind of funny. Uh, because Andres Lee is making seven million, but uh, like I think it's especially in this current like where the cap is going with like all these rookie like extensions you can kind of call them like you're not seeing those eight-year deals anymore right especially after the austin matthews negotiation mitch marner negotiation so like this is like you would kind of hope to have gotten him you know for a little bit longer but at least to keep his rights i guess at the end of this but to me, it's like at least you got him signed. You know, you're under the cap. You're not gonna have to do much finagling. So you know, you live with it. But like, also like by the end of his contract, they're gonna have like Clutterbuck, Komarov off, which is another six million. So they can just be like, here's like ten million for your next contract, Mister Barzell. Well, I mean, you're also hoping that by then that, you know, the cap either goes up. Um, but, like, like even though we, you always say, like, oh, people are coming off the cap, you got to replace these players, right? They're, they might not be as expensive. Like, I'm sure losing Andrew's lad's contract at the same time as Barzell's next contract is coming up is going to help out a bit. But, like, you still can't just allocate all that money just to one player. you got to, like, split it up to all the other players that you have to sign to, like, fill in those depth roles. So, like, I, I get what you mean, Anson. Like, for sure, they're going to have more money by then. And, like, maybe, you know... By then, they have a different team. Maybe they're rebuilding, or I don't know what they're going to be. But, like, at least he's done, right? Like, you know, he can come to training camp now. He can play with the team and, you know, start scrimmaging, training with the team, you know, getting ready for the start of the season. Ross Johnson, $1 million for two years. I mean, okay, so I got a, I got a question for you guys. What are your guys' thoughts on holdouts, though? Is it bad, like... Is it selfish on the player's part or is it just negotiations being negotiations? I think it's just negotiation, right? Like it's just a negotiation tactic to put pressure like on a time sensitive issue, right? Like 
the start of season is coming up if you're holding out you're trying to if you're the player because I, like i don't think a team ever is the one that's holding out i think it's the player the player wants to be paid what they believe to be their value and by holding out they're putting pressure on a team to say like either you have me on the team at the start um on opening day or opening night or you don't right so um i don't mind it from the player's point of view but it's it's a dangerous game to play right because like there's the risk for yourself right like you might not be up to speed with the rest of your team when you do sign after holdout plus like i I think it leaves a bad taste especially in hockey culture where it's such a team focus um culture that like if you're you know quote-unquote being selfish by holding out like there's that um there's that uh like stigma that because you are holding out you're selfish right like that's how you said it also like it's a tough decision but like if you're willing to take that risk because you feel like you'll get paid more then you know go for the hold up anton you saying that it was selfish uh no i can see like why they would do it though like you want the obviously as a player you're like i want the most money and then as as the uh like general manager you're like i don't want to give you 10 million over six years you're gonna screw our cap so like yeah i think like jeffrey's right it's like i think like nylander is like the best kind of like example where like he's he waited until what like 4 p.m on like december or whatever that day was he got like a pro rated contract and he wasn't like up to speed for the rest of the season he was like i don't know a point every three games as opposed to like point every two something like that i mean but like i get it though you know what i mean yeah for sure i think we all understand like a holdout is like it's a it's a tactic that's used in, at the negotiation table. And, like, as fans, we don't like it because you want to see your player, you know, play. You don't want to see this, this like, you know, business standoff, basically, right? It's all business. It's not actually hockey-related. So, I, I mean, it just always goes to the point, right? Like, everyone, like, every team loves their player, but you only most of the times you love your players at a certain price point, right? And with the holdout, right? Like, your player is you know, pushing for a higher price while the, you know, your, the team is like, we like you, but only up to this amount of money. Mm-hmm. I get it. Like, yeah, I think you guys make sense. Let's have a terrible transition and go uh, to one of the couple bad news stories we've had this week. Um, first one, I guess, was our most recent one. Corey Crawford takes an indefinite leave of absence, and today he announces his retirement. Um... I don't know how I feel about this, man. It sucks, obviously, but you got to take care of your health. Um, but in terms of the Devils, you probably just pick up another uh, older free agent goalie, right? Like an Anderson? Jimmy Howard. Or Jimmy Howard. Yes. I don't know who's yeah? the... Yeah, why not? I think I, Anderson, Howard... I think he's I think, a PTO, isn't he? Is he? I thought he was PTO with the... PTO, you can still sign him off PTO, though. I, know that he sign him I thought he's like PTO with, um, what's it called? Capitals, no? What is Corey Schneider up to these days? Uh, he's on the Islanders, Islanders on the PTO. Islanders, yeah, on the PTO. Craig Anders. Yeah, Washington, PTO. 
Yeah, I guess. Howard? Who else is like a free agent? Jeffrey, what are your thoughts about this? Um, I just quickly wanted to check. Um, like, I, I guess for the Devils, it doesn't matter as much. But I was actually checking Corey Crawford's age because he's 35 plus. Uh, so it's that contract is back gonna... structured. Um, I know it. I know it is. He is 35 plus, but it's back structured with no bonuses. If, if I remember correctly, I think Cat only actually uh, mess, uh, wrote about this. Um, yeah, he's backloaded. Doesn't contain any signing bonuses in year in the year uh, retirement in year two. Sorry, retirement results and no cap hit penalty. Okay, see that's the thing I was wondering about because if it did because it was a thirty five plus, so like I know I was just thinking like for most thirty five plus contracts, right? Like it does incur a cap hit sometimes, so that's why I was. I mean, with the Devils, they're not worried about going up to the cap, but. That could have, or if this was a cap team, though, this could have been quite detrimental. You know, you sign a guy hoping he plays for you, and then and now you're scrambling right now at training camp trying to find a player. Because you, if you sign a goalie, right, they're going to probably have to go through quarantine for 14 days. So they're going to miss the start of the season. So if you're New Jersey, what, you're going to have Mackenzie Blackwood and what, Gillies or Scott Wedgwood? Yep. Right? Like, that's not ideal i mean given the fact that they're a rebuilding team it's not as bad but i mean you kind of almost expect new jersey to have better prepared themselves right like why didn't they sign a guy on pto or something like that so i guess right now i feel like your only real two options are what like condon and jimmy howard um yeah, right like sparks and garrett sparks is not is he not on a pto i think yep. he is yeah. he is on a PTO. calgary calgary yeah so unless you like, you want to sign someone off a of PTO, like, but we know how NHL teams are very like, ooh, we don't touch other teams' players, right? Look at the RFA market, right? Well, I, I think the best chance at getting a goaltender is probably going to be through waiver wire because every team right now is they're gonna like, I feel like they're gonna find they're gonna find one goalie that's gonna try to be snuck through the waiver wires by teams. Um, so, I, I mean, wasn't there something about also, like, goalies don't count towards the waiver wire, like, if it's, like, an emergency call-up? But, like, you look at a team like Toronto, right? You can pick up Aaron Dell probably for free on waiver wires. He's probably going to get sent down. So, um, I, I think as New Jersey, that's where you're most likely to find, like, a decent, like, a better goalie than what's left on the free agent market. I believe Casimir Kaskiswo is on waivers today, too. I think I read that today. Yeah, that's where you want to get a backup goalie. And Scott, Scott Darling has been released from his PTO, so that you might even just get it from there. Yeah, either way, like there's not a lot of good options on the open market, and I think the waiver wire is where the devil should be looking at. Yeah. Um, and to go from bad news to worse news, uh, quite a few teams having some COVID issues. Now, now, when I heard this, like I, I originally before we were going to record, like I hadn't seen the news about Pittsburgh, but I was looking at Dallas and Columbus. And I was like, you know what? Like they're in the same division. You could technically, like, I mean, Columbus didn't like they just said they're out of abundance of caution, and that's why they canceled yesterday's scrimmage. But I was kind of looking at that. I was like, oh, you could, you know, take their Dallas versus Columbus matchup, you know, move that down, and then just you know change some of the scheduling a little bit so that. You don't technically start the season late for some of the other teams. You can 
you know, because like the Dallas versus the Panthers, those were the first two games that got um, postponed. Like you could have just maybe flipped around to make it Dallas versus Columbus instead and then switched it with the Panthers or something like later on in the season so that, you know, you don't screw over the Panthers start the season. Um, maybe they want that so they have a longer training camp. I don't know. But like now that you had Pittsburgh, um, a team in a different division, that brings it up to three teams. Like now, like, it's still early to say, right? We don't exactly know how many cases occurred in the Columbus and Pittsburgh training camps, but um, it's still like, this is what we were expecting to happen. And it just happened a lot earlier than we thought it was going to be. So we're going to go through at the end of the episode and I kind of do our doomsday clock thingy or our likelihood of finishing the season. Um, But I... I, I, it doesn't look good for the season, does it? Well, if the NBA is getting through it, I don't see why not. The NFL got through it. I don't see why not. Yeah, like with, with my doomsday clock, it's always been like, yes, they're going to finish the season, but are they going to start the season as when they predicted? And, you know, they said January, what was it 13th or 14th? Like, as we can clearly see, for some teams, they're not starting. So, I, I think my doomsday prediction was correct in the sense that they're not starting on time. Oh, it's the 13th. Look at that. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know how I feel about it in the sense that it's just like, I, it's a, it's going to be an inferior product this season. Like, I, I, my question is, why couldn't we play another season in the bubble? Is it just because teams are hurting financially? They couldn't, like, financially sustain another season like this? Like, the bubble worked. Why not? Like the circumstances haven't changed, so why not just continue in the bubble? Family, I think that's probably the biggest issue, because you're away from your family for what four or five months minimum, and then if you're in the if you're in the playoffs, you gotta go another two months. So like, going like what seven months without seeing your family—that's a bit rough. Yeah, I can see that. I you know I didn't consider that. Like I think that's why like hammock hammock whatever. He he opted out, and then like he signed with I think what Vancouver because because he was like I just want to play close to my home. Yeah, I could see that. You know what? You're you're right on that one. I didn't consider that. Like that's the only reason, and I think that's like, yeah, because the bubble. You're right. The bubble works great. Like no one's gonna go near the Ritz and the Hotel X because of security and everything. But you're telling like all these guys like people who live in like i don't know like detroit new jersey buffalo or buffalo whatever they're like next door but new york like to have come up here and to live in a hotel for seven months that's a bit rough yeah i mean could you maybe make the could you not do like several bubbles like in the sense of like hey what edmonton did there's probably enough if there's enough for every player, if you just had the North Division bubble there and you kind of just... There's enough rooms for the families, I assume, right? If you bring in a quarter of the players, each player brings in, I don't know, two to three people with them. Probably enough. I, I think that with... Like, even if it's an eight-team bubble, right? Even if you're adding families, like, how are you telling families to relocate themselves for... Or like even telling them that they have this option to relocate themselves for five months into a hotel, right? Like, yeah, I, I think maybe a better like a a potential like mid option like that helps both sides is maybe start off with a bubble, 
for the first like rotation of games where they you know play against everyone each other and then hopefully by then that's gonna hit you into like mid-february maybe the world's a little bit better and then you're allowed to stop having the bubble at least like start the season in a bubble because you can start the season on time but uh, i think there's like no great option where we're gonna get zero cases of um covid i think the main goal is to like limit the the amount of covid cases you can have right like you want to make sure that your team can still you know you can still put on some type of product on the ice unlike the philadelphia sixers 76ers um but i get it like if you're gonna need a lot more stuff like i'm now thinking about this thoroughly like I'm going to give you a very random example. I don't know why this is the first one I thought in my head. So you bring the family in. You bring the family dog in. Family dog gets sick. Now you need a vet inside the bubble. Like, okay, are you going to prepare for having a vet, having a, you know, a daycare, and just having your own little city in there? No, right? I get it. Now I'm thinking about it. Like, yeah, it's not a good idea. Being a vet in that bubble, it's just like, I'm here in case your dog gets sick. In case. Yes. <laughs> yes. Not even like I'm here for you. I'm here in case your your pets get sick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that makes sense, right? Like I get why that doesn't really work. Now that I think about it, we're just like you can't build your own society in there. <laughs> That's exactly what I think you're trying to. Ask. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, yeah, no, we can't do that. And it goes once again to demonstrate that also never thinks anything through before saying something. Okay, for our listeners though, if you've listened long enough, you should know that by now. And for our new listeners, welcome. I welcome to my whimsical amusings. <laughs> and I think Anson, who we didn't introduce, is kind of the middle ground between me and you. Uh, Jeffrey's a hater, and Anson's my my boy. And with that, let's start the show proper, shall we? You're listening to the Bag of Pucks podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. And we are back. Jeffrey, what did you want to talk about today? <laughs> well, we we're, we we were hoping we'd have to talk about all this bad news, but like you know, we like as a podcast that records once a week, um doesn't actually always post out the podcast like right away. Um and uh definitely is uh not tweeted out in time for people to listen to it to so that we're not old news. Uh we're we're not really based on current news quite a bit. So, I mean, this was kind of like a little bit different because we had a little bit more time and, you know, there's, there's a big news day, right? Like with hockey starting up, like we're getting a lot more news. But I, I think a big thing, uh, like with any hockey podcast at this point in the season is that we need to talk about, you know, our predictions for the season, you know, our season previews of each divisions, you know, who do we think are going to make the playoffs? So uh, I think it's a... It's something that's worthwhile. I'm sure we're going to have some spicy takes because we have Olsen and Anson as well here who are known for their uh, very bad or hot spicy takes. Did he just call Uh, us takes bad? We are, when the majority of people have a bad take, then it's maybe that you're the problem, Jeffrey. Adventurous, I think, is what you want to say. Okay, fine. Adventurous takes. So, uh, you know what? Um... We, we talked about the North Division a lot. There's a lot of contentious thoughts about this, but let's just do this really, really quickly. Canadian, because, Canadian Division. Yeah. Okay, it's the North Division. 
Sorry? Excuse me, it's the Scotiabank North Division. Oh, is this Scotiabank? Oh my god. <laughs> okay, before we start this, um, I guess this is a con- I mean, this might be a hot take. Is Scotiabank the Tim Hortons of banks in the sense of saying, hey, anything hockey-related, we will sponsor? Because they have what? <laughs> they, have Cal- they have Calgary, right? Yeah. They have Calgary. So basically, you could have Scotiabank North Division Hockey between the Scotiabank sponsored Flames and the Scotiabank and Scotiabank Arena in Toronto on Scotiabank Rogers was it Scotiabank Hometown Hockey or whatever but Scotiabank Sportsnet Scotiabank Sportsnet. Sportsnet there you go <laughs> that's what it was I know what you're trying to say I forgot it too. yes Are, like it's not a problem like if that's what they want to market like that's there's definitely they worse money. you can market they have the money they can do it yeah and for our American listeners who may not know, Tim Hortons will basically sponsor anything hockey-related. Hockey cards, hockey sticks, Tim Bits hockey, um, Wayne Gretzky's dad. <laughs> like anything hockey-related, Tim Hortons is there with like, we will sign a check for you. What would be the American equivalent for hockey? Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> in and out Shake Shack? In terms of hockey, no. Shake Shack them don't really sponsor hockey. I think... Dunkin' Donuts sponsors the Bruins. Maybe Honda. I think Honda's like, pretty big. Hockey's just not that big in the States, right? So they're not just like anything hockey. They're, they're just signing up. Right? I think the closest comparison I think on top of my head would be like Bud Light and like the NFL. Yeah, you know, that, that's probably the closest we have. But, you know, we, we strayed too far away. We wanted to do the North Division quickly because we talked about it way too much. What are your top four teams going into playoffs from the Scotiabank North Division and to prevent any uh you know yelling or anything like that let's just uh leave it with uh you don't have to put them in any order you can just list four teams uh we'll start off with uh our guest of the day Anson I didn't even think that far do you want to put like the first like whoever's gonna like lead the division like at least say that and then who's just gonna trail doesn't matter Sure. Uh, I just didn't want too much arguing and turn this episode into a two-hour episode because I don't want to edit two hours. But if you want to do that, you can leave it on. Uh, let me see. I guess Edmonton. I would call them to win. Uh, Toronto's going to make it. Who else is there? <laughs> Informed decision-making going on over there. One, two, and then... <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'll go Calgary and Vancouver. So Edmonton, Toronto, Calgary, Vancouver, correct? Yeah, sure. Okay. Olsen? Uh, Flames. This is my order, too, because eh? I'm spicy. Flames, Leafs, Canucks, Oilers, Jets, Senators, Canadians, and last place to piss off Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I, my the instructions were to just pick the top four teams going into the playoffs. We didn't need a full order. Canadians um, are last, last in the league. In the league. All right, Jeffrey. <laughs> now that you are uh, properly triggered, my no. Well, I, I don't have any order, but uh, I'm gonna go say. You know, I'll do it alphabetically. I'm gonna say it's gonna be. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to be uh, Edmonton, Calgary, Montreal, Toronto. Not in any particular order. 
Just those. Not just my four teams. But if you had to choose. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? I have to choose. This you is a free country. You have we want first. some spice here. Who's gonna win the division, and who's gonna barely make the playoffs? Um, for our regular listeners, you already know what I'm gonna say. It's gonna be the Montreal Canadiens. Winnipeg could sneak in. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, the thing, the thing with Winnipeg though is, um, as Anson now knows, uh, they don't have Buffalo Myers and Truba anymore. It took him a while since last episode. They have a Vesna. They have a Vesna Trophy winning uh, Hellebuck. But is he playing 56 games? He they could. have Neil Pionk. Okay. Elite Neil Pionk. Isn't it Pionk? Pionk. Pionk. Close enough. Elite. Elite defenseman. He could absolutely play 56 games. Yeah, I feel like he could if he needed to. <laughs> I think I think he's good for about 45. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, that's the thing with Winnipeg. That's why like I'm hesitant on Winnipeg is because they're gonna have to play Brossois once in a while. So that's that's my confusion. That's my concern. Okay, in my opinion though, I think like backup goalies don't need to steal games. They just need to keep your team in the games and not get blown out. Right? I think I think Laurent Brossois is able to do that. Don't ask him to steal games, but keep the team in the games. I think he's capable of doing he can, that. He can win you like a 4-2 game. Yeah, some of that, or a 4-3 game. Yeah, but hey, here's the thing. Hellebuck, he played in 58 games last year, so he could technically play all season. I mean, but there was more spacing between the games. I, I gotta give Jeffrey credit for that. As much as I like to shit on Jeffrey, there's, there's more spacing between these games and more rest times. Since 63 and 67 prior to that. So I, I, I think to, to, be, to be reasonable for once, um, I don't think it's reasonable for a play game. I'm ready to watch that. Just by like the 54th game, they're just dragging him out in a chair and just, just lie there. All right, let, let, let's move on because we're taking way too long in this. Let's talk about, uh, let's move up to the East. Let's go to the East division. So we've got, you know, eight teams in the East. We've got, uh, in no particular order, uh, Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, Islanders, Rangers, Flyers, Penguins, and Capitals. Um, Olsen, who would be the top four in that division moving on to the playoffs? So there's a lot of good teams here. This right? is a tough division. This is a tough division, but I've got a hot take for this one. So I think the Bruins make it. I think the Caps make it. I think the Rangers make it. So that means either one of the Flyers, Penguins, Sabres, Islanders, and Devils make it. Uh, and the remaining team that makes it is the Flyers. Is that a hot take or what? I don't think the Penguins, the Sabres, Islanders, or Devils make it. Uh, I, I, I mean, this is a like if you said Buffalo or New Jersey were gonna make it, I think that would be a hot take. But I, I think with this division, like there's gonna be two fairly perennial contenders who aren't gonna be making it into the playoffs this season. All right, so who do you have then, Jeffrey? Uh, for for me right now, I think. Uh, in no particular order, again, I'm going to have to say uh, Islanders, Flyers, Penguins, and Capitals. And I have that hot take there. So no Bruins, correct, Jeffrey? Yeah, they have no one on the left side. So And, and like 
I know, you know, Marshawn and Pasternak were out and they're going to be back in a little while, but like, I think that's going to cause enough chaos that with Bruins and not having, losing Krug and Chara and not really replacing that on the left side, I think that's going to hurt them enough that they're going to uh, miss the playoffs. Who's, uh, who's their top line left-handed D? I think it's Jeremy Lozal or Matt Grizzly. I think it's Grizzly, isn't it? You can't play Grizzly with McAvoy. That's the problem. You can't do that. Why not? And you don't do the left-right. <laughs> Duh. No, no, no. It's left-right. It's just that Grizzly is... Like, he needs to show that he can play non-sheltered minutes. And I don't think you throw him on the top line and watch him burn with McAvoy. So, my my, my assumption is Grizzly's going to play on the second pair with Carlo. Kind of like that crew-Carlo mentality from last season. Um, not as good, obviously. And then whoever is going to be playing with McAvoy is going to get shelled like crazy unless Bergeron and who are, all their forwards can save them. John Moore? <laughs> yeah, I think your next option is John Moore or Connor Clifton or Jeremy Lozon. Lozon and Clifton are right-handed. That's your that's your only option. Lozon's left-handed. Is he? Yes. Oh, he plays right D, sorry. Yeah, he does play right D. But you know what? <laughs> he, I guess he's playing top-line minutes now. <laughs> Yeah, that's my concern with Boston. That's why I'm not picking them. Like, I know I'm a Leafs fan. Um, and you know, either way, the Leafs probably gonna have to face the Bruins in the first round. But that's this is also my assumption that I don't think, uh, the Bruins have they they've they've losing that entire left side is really gonna hurt them. It's kind of like Winnipeg. So that that's my picks. Uh, Anton, how about you? Who do you have coming up from the East? I guess I gotta go. I, I want to say the same as you, but I don't want it now. Uh, I'll go Philly, Pittsburgh. Actually, no. Yeah, Philly, Pittsburgh, Washington. Just for the sake of it, I want to see Jack Eichel succeed and put Buffalo as my last team. Ooh. Now, these are predictions, not I would like to see type of thing scenario. So I'm assuming that this is more of a preference than an actual prediction there, Anson. Absolutely. But I just wanted to say that. So I would still put Buffalo as number four. I... I'm just going to go back for a quick second there. So, the Bruins have a little bit of cap space. Would would he be playing top pair minutes if the Boston Bruins signed Ben Hutton? Yes. Yeah. Grizzly? 16 points in 65 games for the Los Angeles Kings last season. That Ben Hutton, does he play first pair minutes? Did he not play first pair minutes with Doughty last season? He did, but it's the Kings. It's a rebuilding team. It's also Doughty. No offense. Not Mark, not Mark, you know, but like Doughty, McAvoy, it's kind of like... Yeah. No, it's fine. I'm just saying in the sense of it's a rebuilding team versus a team that thinks they can compete for a Stanley Cup. I, I think Ben Hutton would be a better choice than having to end up with John Moore. Uh, I think Jeremy Lazon and Clifton on your bottom pair is fine. Um, and it just gives it a little bit more depth and like with a team with cap space like the Bruins and it's not like they're worried about not sp- about spending to the cap I think you know Ben Hutton's like a decent addition that they can do just to like improve their depth um, and yeah like the fact that they didn't do anything to the left side of the defense is a little bit concerning so um, to me, like, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind a Ben Hutton in Boston, to be honest. Young guy, maybe improve himself. Who knows? 28. 
well, would you mind either a Carl Osner or a Ron Hainsey? Uh, not not Carl Osner, but Ron Hainsey. He's steady. Yeah, that I'm thinking too. You let McAvoy kind of just do his own thing. Yeah, I think it is. Like Ron Hainsey is like a, the most stay-at-home guy you could possibly ask for. Well, the thing with Hainsey though is that like, yes, he's a steady presence, but he's also 39, and you know. Uh, like it's it's just hard to say like as a team like Boston they should be trying to go for something a little bit better and I know Hutton's not that much better but I feel like signing on Hainsey would just end up you know not doing anything for them. But like Bruins are kind of old though. Like Bruins in general are a bit like old, kind of older. So it's like it doesn't to like to me it's like if you're gonna like go for it right now you might. Like, Go for it. The eight, whoever you sign doesn't matter. If Yager's coming out and joining you guys, Yager's joining your team. Do you know what I mean? Um, the thing with Boston though is that I I think they're more hoping that you know either um Yurovakinainen or um Jakub Zborl makes a random like jump or or I think more likely is Jeremy Lazal you know jumping into the top four and playing well and hoping that either Zborl or Vakanainen you know show some type of improvement. Um, and maybe that's why they didn't want to improve. They're hoping for some internal improvement. But yeah, like I agree. Like, like I don't think you can say Hainsey and Yager on the same level. Just because they're old doesn't mean that, you know, they're going to have the same effect on the team. So They're serviceable. I, I, I think with Yager, at least he's a slight positive. When back, like, you know, back when he was, you know, that random old free agent. But with Hainsey, I think he's like a net zero addition. Like, he doesn't, like, he takes up minutes if you needed someone to play minutes, but they have guys that can just play minutes already on their team. So, that, that, like, I just don't see that with Boston. All right. So, we've, we've went a long time with the North Division. Let's go to the next one. Not the North, North and the East. (laughs) North and the East. Let's go to the West, the only division that matters. All right, so from the West, we have the Anaheim Ducks, the Arizona Coyotes, the Colorado Avalanche, the LA Kings, the Minnesota Wild, San Jose Sharks, St. Louis Blues, and Vegas Golden Knights. Um, you have to uh, pick four teams here. Um, I will start. Um, I think there's basically three contenders, and then the rest is just a crapshoot. I think it's simply Colorado, St. Louis, and Vegas are going to make it. And then the remaining five teams are just going to have to play it out. And my pick is going to have to be the Anaheim Ducks because they were my dark horse team last year. They disappointed. And this year, I'm going to pick them again as the dark horse. So Anaheim Ducks is my fourth pick in the West. Um, Anton, how about you? So Anaheim, Arizona, Kings, Wild. I think if you go for consistency, you gotta go wild, right? I mean, yeah. Right? Ninth place wild. Yeah, it's like they're gonna squeak in. Is that what you're saying to Olsen? Uh so for me, um this one's a hard one in sense in this question. Not who to choose, but is the West Division or the Central Division? Which one's weaker? We'll talk about that after. But for me, yeah, Blues, Avalanche, uh, fine Golden Knights. And history dictates it's the wild, but I can't not choose the Kings. Like, no. <laughs> so I'm going beyond my judgment here. I'm going with the Kings. I do think the Kings are actually 
a chance to be a, a dark horse, uh, and before you guys start laughing, um, take a look at how the guys have developed. I think we'll see a, a lot of development, a lot of healthy players. I know defense is kind of a mess, um, but if Sean Walker can take a step, and if Oli Mata can play better because there's less pressure, and it's a built-up chemistry playing with Drew Doughty in the OHI a long time ago, I think there could be it could be an interesting team. Um, yeah, I think that's something to keep an eye on. Um, so I think that, and then if you look at the Wild, the Wild are just kind of like the Wilds. They just kind of are, are doing the same thing, but I don't like what they have in net. Um, Ford, it's older guys, <laughs> right? Except for Jordan Greenway and like Kevin Fiala, but there and Joel Erickson. I know you brought in Kirill Kaprizov, but I just don't see these guys being big contributors, except for maybe Kirill Kaprizov. But I'm also kind of, you know, I'm not. I, I'm kind of nervous on that now. When I look at these guys jumping over from the KHL with young guys coming from the KHL with a lot of hype, um, after we've had the situation with um, what's his name, Ely Tolvanen, with Ely Tolvanen, where it's in a similar situation, where I'm also just like, I'm not sure. How do you feel about San Jose? Uh, dumpster fire. Really. I mean, it was poor before, right? I don't remember what happened last season with them. I'll be honest with you. They did worse than the Kings. I know and... that. I know that. But I don't know like what the like quote unquote big issue was. Was it Carlson just not being healthy? No, it was goaltending. Martin Jones, like you brought in Devin Dubnik, which helps, I think. But Martin Jones had an eight nine. He's had an eight ninety six for two years in a row. Oh, he did. Look at that. Yeah, and. I think defense is also an issue. It's going to become a bigger issue. Um, Carlson, if he yeah, he's playing poorly, but if he can get back to form, that's fine. But Brent Burns defensively just isn't really there in my opinion anymore. Plastic can't isn't as the his, the way he plays just doesn't translate very well with age. Uh, C. McFarrell, Middleton, don't think they were much of a they didn't actually play much of a big role last season, and. If you put Vlasic with Carlson for your first pairing, your second pairing is Brent Burns with either C. McFerrar or Milton, which is not great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then up front, like you have some pieces, right? You have Couture, Kane, Meyer, Hurdle. Like those are pieces, but the big move was basically just LeBanc instead of a one million dollar deal, he's on a four point seven two five million. And this is coming from a guy who had thirty three points in seventy games last season. So like, I like to be honest. I think most of us understand why he's paid four point seven two five after that one one year one million dollar contract. I think there's kind of a handshake agreement was going on there, um, but I just don't see them doing too much, right? Jeffrey, I think you might have a bit more insight than I do here. Uh, I think San Jose the problem is just that they don't have enough depth. Like, like after. The top six forwards. Who did it have that you like recognize by name, right? Like, and same with defense, right? Like one injury, like right now, like you know, they're saying um, Simic might make it to the opener, but if he does, like they are screwed. Like they have guys who have less than a hundred games playing experience on their team, right? Like this is gonna be, uh, like as you said, a dumpster fire, and like you're hoping for some type of improvement, any improvement with Jones and Dubnik, but like that's a very 
risky take. And, you know, like, I, I, I would take Minnesota and LA over San Jose any day right now. How about Arizona? Would you take them over San Jose? Uh, yeah, I think Arizona is, like, a better team. I just don't think they can play up to um like a like a playoff level like 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 belt wise like they've got a lot of good depth um they seem to be built well but like they always perform less than like you know how you people always say like you're greater than the sum of your parts i think arizona is your lesser than the sum of your parts for some reason every year just for my sake i just realized their entire defense coming off the books after the season san jose no, uh, Arizona. The only two who are under con, the only only two under contract are Chickering and Ekman Larson. And I think those are foundational pieces right there. That's fine. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just like, whoa! Everyone's coming off the books next year. But it also makes sense given the fact that you have the expansion draft coming up, so it's not the worst thing. Like they're going to need, you know, one guy so that they can you know expose him, and that's going to be Kyle Capo Bianco. So that's fine. So like I, I'm fine with that. It's it's good cap management if you're afraid of losing a defenseman because I mean like you're okay with losing a couple of them, but like either way, I I think when you look at those five middling teams in the West fighting for that last playoff spot, it's gonna be a crapshoot no matter what. But I, I think we each can have our own opinions on who who we're gonna have because I think if you were to pull any like random group of a hundred pe- like people. Everyone's gonna have a different answer for who they think is gonna win that fourth spot in the West. It's it's gonna feel like almost like um, the NFL East, right? Like it's gonna be like it's gonna be a losing team who ends up gonna be uh, getting that fourth spot. All right, so uh, is that everyone? No, you forgot Central. No, is that everyone for the West Division? We caught everyone here, right? Yep, I think so. All right, on to the Central. Uh, teams are the Hurricanes, the Panthers, the Blackhawks, Red Wings, Predators, Lightning, Blue Jackets, and Stars. Before we start, is this division weaker or is the West division weaker? Uh, you go, Jeffrey, you go. Um, with, I, I definitely think this, like, if you're going top to bottom, like, you, your West, you have three elite teams in Colorado, St. Louis, Vegas. Um, in the central, you have, I would argue, Tampa, Dallas, and Carolina are your three elites. Um, the central is, they've got, you know, crappier teams in the sense that, you know, with the West, everyone will, we'll, we'll, you know, uh, boost Alston's ego by saying the Kings have a shot for the playoffs. But in reality, I think, you're like the Kings and the Sharks are probably not making the playoffs. And you look at the Central, you know, you're assuming Chicago and Detroit aren't making the playoffs either. So, uh, like, I, I think they're on par uh, bad compared to the North and East. So, that's my non answer. I think they're equally bad. I think, okay, here's what I think I think the West has a higher ceiling in terms of like the better teams, but I think the Central has a lower floor, as in like they're not as bad with the bad teams. I might disagree here. I think your two worst teams in the league are probably in the Central. Detroit and... Chicago. Chicago, right? Oh, Chicago doesn't have a goalie. How about Ottawa? I still think Chicago is worse than than Ottawa. At least Ottawa has Matt Murray. 
Chicago actually doesn't really have a goalie. Yeah, Chicago's I... goaltending pairing, I think, is Delia and Subban. Subban. I would rather have Matt Pereira than either of them. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, uh... And then I think so. Start jumping here as well. Um, and if you look at the injured reserve for the Blackhawks, oh. Nylander, Kirby Doc, Andrew Shaw, Brent Seabrook, Jonathan Taves. Jonathan Taves and Kirby Doc and Alex Nylander. Those are some big names up front that are out. I could see this being the worst. And then on defense, besides Duncan Keith, which isn't great, we really don't have many def- good defensemen. Maybe Adam Boquist, I think, is probably the name you probably are excited for. But Duncan Keith, Calvin DeHaan, Connor Murphy, Nikita Zadorov, Adam Boquist. Yeah, Adam, Nicholas Baudin and Nick Steeler. Nick Steeler. Just not excited about this defensive team. How about Ian Mitchell, though? I, I think that's the prospect that is going to make or break that defense. Like, if Ian Mitchell can step in and play decent top four minutes for them, I, I, I think, like, as bad as, like, you're losing, like, Doc and Nylander are pretty much out for the season, which, you know, kind of hurts, but given what they did during the regular season last year for them for the 23rd, like, I don't think that's going to make too much of a difference. Um, Taze, we don't actually know if he's, when he's coming back. Shaw, like, we're not sure exactly why he's on IR either. So like, I I think this is a team that their identity is going to be a little bit different in a sense. They're probably going to be like a one line team where they're going to hope that Kane, the Brinkett, no, uh, sorry, Kane, uh, Strom, you know, Kubelik. They, they've got like decent guys up front. They brought in Suter as well, who could, you know, be the next Panarin for them. Like, I think it's hard to say that Chicago is worse as a worse team compared to Ottawa, simply because of the goaltending when, you know, Murray's not really much of a goalie right now either. So, But at the same time, you brought up Ian Mitchell. If your make a break on defense is a 20-year-old defenseman, 21-year-old defenseman, Who's never played a professional hockey game before? It's probably not great. <laughs> uh, I, I think he's definitely better than what you know most people might think. For sure, though, I, I think Ian Mitchell is someone who will will step in well for um, the Blackhawks. And like, if especially okay, if you look at the defense for Ottawa, are you going to tell me Chicago's is worse than the Ottawa defense? <sighs> I mean. I would say, I'd say it's close. I would say Shabbat's better than Duncan Keith. Um, Zaitsev or Dahan, I would maybe consider taking Zaitsev. I think like very like fifty five forty five Zaitsev kind of thing. Yeah, like it's like great. I'll be honest with you, neither option is great. But like in the bad pile, there are worse options. And I get it, Gabranson, Coburn, not great. But but the serviceable bottom pair. Yeah, and I I really like Mike Riley's game, even though he's not the best player. I think he did fine in Montreal. Yeah, like I think he's they're fine pieces, but on the top end, there's more. And I think if need be, there's better non- roster defenseman on cap friendly available like an Eric Brandstrom or uh Artem Zook. I so I think when you consider that depth 
I would argue it's probably better. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. But um, let's let's get back to our predictions here um, for the central. So, you know, Alston, you've listed out the teams. So, uh, Anson, who would you uh, pick from this group of eight teams who are who's coming out from the central there? All right. Uh, Tampa, Carolina, Dallas, Columbus. Uh, as a Blue Jackets bandwagoner, that was uh, should not have been a surprise, but uh, I guess I forgot about that. But Olsen? Uh for me on the East, it's gonna be the Lightning for sure, the Stars for sure, um, the Blue Jackets, and for the fourth one, it's just as hard. It's either this one's a hard one, I think, because in my head, you know, it comes down to the Hurricane Panthers and Predators. And I think I like the Predators the most. So I'm going to go with the Predators. Um, I, like I know in the, our last predictions, uh, Anson was like, oh, I don't want to be the same as Jeffrey. Um, so that's why you picked the Buffalo for some reason. I will not fall into that trap. Um, I will not like to see some random team be in the playoffs. So I'm just going to be the same as Anson here. So I'm just going to cheat and just say Carolina, Columbus, Dallas and Tampa. But um I would like to go back to the fact that Alston was how okay, when we, when we were listening, we were comparing which division uh was gonna be worst. I, I said the three top teams in the central is gonna be Carolina, Dallas, Tampa, like no doubts. And here Alston's saying that he has doubts about the hurricanes. And I kinda wanna, you know, dive into that a little bit. Why are you having doubts about the Carolina Hurricanes there, Alston? Um so it's close. I think Carolina is probably able to get fourth. So it wouldn't surprise me if they got in fourth. For me, it came down to Carolina or the Predators. Um, for me, it's the goaltending is not great. And I know you have an elite defense up there, right? Because you have Dougie Hamilton, Slavin, uh, Shea, Gardner, Pesci, Fleury, and Joachim Ryan. So there's great defense, right? It's, I, I don't think there's any doubt there. Um I personally don't love the forwards. I think there needs to be a bit more development to see another step. And I think that might be take a year to develop guys like Sveshnikov, Mikas, uh, Aho, and Teravainen. I think they need an extra year. Oh, don't forget Warren Fogel. So I think one more year, and I, I think they'll be able to step up to an elite team. Right now, I just don't feel it. Uh, again, if they made it, I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised at all like i would just be like okay cool but as of right now i just like the predators a bit more they have jake bean as a prospect they do so yeah the defense is elite like without a doubt i would say they're probably top top four defense top three to four top four defense teams um and i think there's an argument for them to be number one i just one too many question marks with a young team. I think that's my issue. Um, you're talking about the Hurricanes who made it into, I want to say, their conference semifinals compared to the Preds who didn't make it into the playoffs last year? Yeah. So like I said, I think there's an argument to be made for both teams. I just personally chose Predators. <laughs> and I know I'm going to get the take from Paul Anson here, but you're saying that Carolina is a better... is a less developed team than the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, yeah. I I will support my boy here. I support his team. Oh, I got you. Um, The reason why I think it would happen is that 
I think if this team isn't doing well this season, I do believe that they will be willing to mortgage their future. They're built to win right now, even though they aren't winning. That's a whole different story. But I could see Jarmo Kekalina being like, all right, screw it. We'll give up our first three pit. We'll give up our second already. We'll give up another first and the next year's first to go for it this year. That's the the vibe I'm getting is that they're going, they're pushing it for it this year. He's done before. He's, he can do it again. That's what you're yeah. Saying. Like, you know, guys like Dubinsky, Felino are the contracts are up the season, right? So I like, and I think if not this season, they has one more season left of just pushing it. Cause then your two goalies are free agents. Like, I, from what I see is that if they're not doing well, they're they're going to be one to just like go all in. And like all all the guys are expiring in a couple of years, realistically. Yeah. So I think in two to three years, if they're not champions, then they're going to rebuild. So I think that's where I picked Columbus for pick from. Where it's just you have to also think about what the gym would do. And I think Kekalainen has been afraid to go all in and make these questionable moves. All right. Um, I mean, speaking of the Blue Jackets, I guess, do you guys like the Bjorkstrand extension? Yes. Yes. Why is that question? I'm just curious to hear you guys' reaction. That's all. I would defer to the fan here, but I think when he's healthy, he is very good. I don't know if he's an elite player, but he's very good. I think he's a top six. Yeah. I don't think he. Is like yeah, like you said, I think he's a top six player. Health may be a bit of a concern, but it, he's been relatively durable the past couple past couple he's seasons. Been okay, last yeah, year. Past couple years. Yeah, like eighty two games in seventeen eighteen, seventy seven games, eighteen nineteen. Last year, forty nine games. Not great. Um but you know, durable enough. And at five point four million, like if you asked me a couple years ago, I'd be like, That's ridiculous, that's first line money. I've kind of grown up to not be as cheap when it comes to these contracts a little bit. Where I'm like, yeah, you know what? They're not they're not terrible. He's making less than Atkinson. So there's that. He's making 5.4 compared to Atkinson's 5.875. Yeah, and I, I think, yeah, young player, he'll, he's what, 25? He'll get a little bit more better. He'll get a little bit better. He'll be like a good top six player or a really bad first line player which is nothing to be bad nothing to be it's not a bad thing right to be a bad first line player he had what a t- 21 goals last season so i'm like you know what in 49 games 25 goals isn't out of reach 30 goals isn't really that out of reach yeah i think this is a reasonable deal yeah i, I agree with both of you guys assessment and definitely i think it's just because this was kind of our um like first extension um like first extended player for like not because of like uh either for you know it's like a one-year deal for the expansion draft or it's not like a like a brendan gallagher where it's like more of a ufa extension or like a john marino which is you know a rookie extension this was kind of our first you know following a bridge deal type of extension for the season so it's just interesting in this you know current cap environment what type of deals people are sending out and it's just interesting to see this is like the first deal that's you know setting the mark of how you're going to be paying you know future rfas how much you're going to be paying them for extension so just a little bit curious about that but um that's basically all it picks for our season uh can i actually jump in here with a quick question yeah 
Uh, this one's for Anson. I think he might understand a bit better. So does Columbus, in your opinion, spend to the cap? Or do, you, do they have an internal budget? I think you might know better than we do. How far are we from the cap? Four? Uh, about four, yeah. Who would we sign, though? I mean, I'm no, I'm just wondering in general, do you guys like spend to the cap? It depends how, like, I think deadline goes. If it's like, you know, like, we're almost there. I don't see why not. Does does the does Yarmo Kekalainen have the authority to spend at the cap? Sorry, that's probably a better question. I think we look at teams like Ottawa and Anaheim, you know they don't have the authority to spend at the cap. So even if they do have cap space, it's not something they can actually utilize. You know what I mean? Yeah, I want to say yes because like I think from like I read something where it was like they got rid of Wenberg and um who else did we get rid of? Uh Brian Murray because he was scared of an offer sheet. Mm-hmm. As opposed to being offered Shi Tang. So I don't think he's like I don't think he's actually that scared of like going to the cap. I think he can if he if he's like yeah, like ownership be like, yeah, go go nuts. Okay. No, I'm just curious. I thought you might know better than than Jeffrey. I'd like to point out that Columbus the they they mainly like to keep about three million in cap space most years. Um over the last five years. Um the lowest they've like the lowest amount of cap space they've had is one point five million at the end of a season. So I, I think they do have an, some type of internal cap. Okay, interesting. All right. Uh, with that being said, is there anything you guys want to talk about? I would like to bring something up. Actually, um, you know, uh, on TNT NBA on TNT at the start of every season, uh, EJ always likes to ask Charles Barkley um, some questions before the start of the season because you know the off season is always very very confusing so sometimes you just everything gets lost during the off season and you forget where players are going so Ugh. i think we should, uh, yeah, i gotta mow the lawn i'll talk to you later see you later <laughs> i will no, shovel no, no. the desert this is, this, I gotta go mow the lawn. this is very fair um you know after you guys probably maybe humbled me a little bit with the trivia you guys uh, last time we did trivia i i you know I, i've toned it down a little bit so basically i'm just going to give you five names and you're going to tell me who they play for now this season um and these are all guys that i'm not picking some random player who's on some like training camp type of thing these they're are on ptos players. hey wait <laughs> no i just want one thing out very quickly before you, you do this little thingy um I think Josh Anderson and Bjorkstrand are going to make the same amount of money in the next, like, five years. Jeez. <laughs> but grit. But you can't... You, you, can't, you can't forget about the grit that Josh Anderson brings. I was doing the compare the contract thing, and, like, Bjorkstrand's 5.4, Anderson's 5.5. I'm like, uh... I love Anderson. I just don't trust his health. My bad. You can go on. No, no, no. I mean, well, the Anderson contract, though, isn't that like a it's like a seven or eight year deal? Yeah, but Bjorkstrand's a five. It's like, yeah, I kind of want five years of, I don't know, say 70 games of Bjorkstrand rather than, or like a season, rather than maybe like 35 from Anderson. You already don't trust his health. You're making an eight year yeah. deal. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. I would take, also take a, a Bjorkstrand type of deal. So, um, do if we don't have any more interruptions, um, are we ready to play a game of uh, who he play for? Uh, question. Do these players also play in Europe? 
No. So all these players have played, I believe, I want to say 50, but at least a minimum of 45 NHL games last season. No, I'm saying like, are any of the players that you're going to bring up currently playing in Europe? No, these are all all NHL players who are currently signed um, on 2020-2021 NHL deals. Whoa. Okay. We're going to go over 5 still, but that's fine. Let's go. Alright, so numero uno. Uh, Greg McKegg. <laughs> he played 45 uh, games. Over Leaf, Greg McKegg. Uh, I think we'll start with our friend over in uh, Anson. I don't know. I thought he was not playing, if I'm being honest with you. Well, that's why you're you're here to make a guess. Who he I played for? Guesses. I'm, I'm, that's not... Oh, you're not Panthers. Uh, so, I'll be honest with you first. I cheated for this one because this is actually a team we looked up earlier when we were looking at defensemen. Uh, and I remember seeing his name. Uh, he plays for the Boston Bruins. Oh, really? Yes, this was name I picked up when I was looking at uh, the defense for the Boston Bruins. Be like, which defenseman sits in here? And I'm remembering his name. So I think we'll just hand out zero points because we have a cheater. Um, uh, honest what, cheater. What, what do you mean a cheater? How was I supposed to know you were going to do this earlier when I was like, oh, I remember seeing his name earlier. You know what? Because you've humbled me, I'll give you half a point. I think that's half a point. All right. Numero deux. Colton Sevier. Uh, we'll start with Olsen here. Colton Sevier. Uh, I have no clue. I'm just going to go with, I don't know, the Flyers. <laughs> All right. I don't know how to spell that name. I'm going to Nashville. <laughs> Shit, how do I type this into Google? <laughs> Are you going Nashville there, uh, Anton? I guess, yeah. It sounds like a Nashville name. All right. So uh, Anton was thinking about Colton Sissons. And... Uh, Austin was thinking about the wrong team in the state of Pennsylvania. He's actually with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and he is part of the Mike Matheson deal. Are we ready to move on to uh, number three, where the score is right now half versus two's zero? Yeah. All right. Number three. Uh, Former Winnipeg Jack Anthony Batetto. Anson, who who he play for? Did he play how many games last season? Nelson? Uh, he played some as like a bottom six defense. And I actually know this one. This one I actually remember seeing. I just like how Gio just pulls out named from like the depth chart. <laughs> I just want to point that out. And we pulled out what? Messier? He played Francis. 51 games uh, for the Winnipeg Jets last season. This one I know. There's no way. I don't know Dallas. Alright. Uh, Austin, who is the Wagners. The Ragnars, yes, he played for the. He's going to be playing for the Ragnars this season. So, uh, Anson still got a big goose egg, uh, but he still has got a chance with two more questions. And Austin's in the lead with one point five points. All right, our number fourth, uh, I believe, former LA King Brad Richardson. Uh, we'll start off with Austin. He's still playing. Last time he plays for the for the Coyotes. Those Coyotes, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Coyotes. Uh, uh, Ottawa. Uh so he played his last five seasons with the Arizona Coyotes, but this season he signed a nice uh, 35 plus contract, one year, 
one million dollar deal with the Nashville Predators. Ah, the Kevin LeBanc special. Uh, I yes, think he's it's going to four point two five next year. <laughs> yes, he's making four point seven five next year. That's the plan. <laughs> All right, so you know Anton's loss already. Um, he doesn't have a chance to come back, but maybe he can save face and uh, not no, have no. a big like like goose egg. Like a double points. It's the money. It's the money ball. All right, fine. This is worth two points. Uh, if you get it right, so you have a chance to win there. Um, here we go, Mark Pissick. Anton, I know that name. Ooh, I, know I know too, actually. I just know the name. I don't know what he plays for. Flyers. Uh, Austin. Uh, Stars. Yes, it is the Dallas Stars. So, um, unfortunately, our guest for this episode today, Anton, finished with a goose egg. But our winner for this week's uh, who he played for is Olsen with three point five points. 70% baby, let's go. <laughs> Better than my schooling average. <laughs> uh, I would like to remind our listeners, this was also because we had the double Jeopardy slash Moneyball, so we got an extra point. And because he also got a half point for being an honest cheater. So I don't know, that kind of puts you down at two out of five. So uh, I wouldn't uh, cheer too much. But I'm sorry, you know what? Jeffrey, one sec. Anson, Yo. what did Jeffrey say my point total was? 3.5. So I got 3.5. Let's go. Woo! I was just providing a breakdown of actually how many questions you honestly got right, which was a 2 out of 5. In so, my defense, you know what? I heard 3.5. All I'm saying. <laughs> so let, let's, let's do it like this. Uh, your expected points was 2, but you finished above average because of... Uh, new random new rules that got implemented midway through the game and so you ended up with 3.5 so you might you'll probably regress back to the normal. i am such a surprise i am so good at this that even when new rules were thrown in i persevered i am resilient your a your aav was two but then your your base salary was 3.5 i am the i should earn the late the the master sentence i am resilient um, I don't think we can give that award to Olsen, but uh, I, I think that, that that was my last thing of the episode. That was my one last input for the conclusion of the episode. Um, but uh, as Olsen said at the very beginning of this episode, uh, we always like to finish off with our doomsday clock about, you know, is the season, how the season's going to go. So um, for those who don't remember, we like to give them like the doomsday clock um, with like nuclear, uh, except this is for the NHL. So for our guess here where is your doomsday clock for the nhl season all right let me just cut you off there uh last week we didn't do a doomsday clock. last week we did a percentage so let's just keep it consistent and just do the percentage is that okay with you jeffrey yep all right let's do the percentage 100 percent means 100 percent chance they play they start the season or finish the season zero means that they're just not going to <laughs> Wait, so this isn't a doomsday clock at all. This is just a doomsday percentage? A doomsday change chain. Yeah, percentage. That works. Let's keep it consistent. Let's not jump back and forth. What were you guys last week? I think 65 to finish and 75 to start or something. Or 85 to start. Oh, you, you have two different ones. Oh. Oh, okay. You know what? Uh, To start, let's just go with 85 and to end 90. Oh. Ooh, all right, Jeffrey, what you got? Um, I thought the start was the percentage to start on time. Yeah, start so, on time. 
I guess the percentage to start on time is actually zero. Now, uh, the league hasn't pushed it. A team has pushed it. I think that's different. You can just delay a game. You don't have to delete the thing. Uh, delay the season still started. Ah, uh, I, I guess. Um, but you know, I am sticking with the fact that the season is uh has a twenty five percent chance of starting on on time. And they are still going to have a 50% chance of finishing the season. All right. So, uh, let our listeners know Jeffrey hates hockey. Just FYI there, right? He doesn't, he doesn't think the season starts. So, he hates hockey. I, on the other hand, do enjoy the sport. So, I do have a 75% chance of them starting the season on time and a 65% chance of them finishing the season. You like how my finishing was higher? Yeah, than I was like, beginning. the fuck. <laughs> oh, that's what I said too. I said that twenty-five percent chance of starting on time, and then fifty percent. All right. That being said, Anson, the floor is yours. What do you want to promote? You know, your Instagram or whatever you want to promote. Absolutely not. I am good. I'm just here for your drugstore contract. That's it. All right, Jeffrey. Um, my final message is um, can't wait for the season to potentially start this week. Um, very excited to actually have hockey back in our lives. Um, but you know, we still can't forget about everything else happening in the world. You know, hockey is always a nice outlet to escape to. Uh, but we should always recognize what's happening in the world and you know, always reflect, remind ourselves of what's happening in the world. So, I would like to end off with that. So, and well, as always, we'll leave off with uh, Allison's rant at the end here. Uh, first things first, uh, big ups to our sponsor of the podcast, UFHL Sports, uh, UFF, UFHL League and UFF Sports. Just mix that up, but uh, big fan. Um, and so also make sure you guys follow us on BOP underscore POD on Twitter. Um and wash your damn hands, you know, wear a mask, and just because I am a shit disturber at the end, uh, the, the Sens will finish above the Canadiens, and Pierre-Luc Dubois will be traded to the Kings for spare pieces. And with that, thank you for listening, folks. I pissed off both, both my co-hosts today. My job here is done. Love y'all. Thanks for listening to the Bag Fucks Podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. You want to complain about us? You can tweet us at BOP underscore POD on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.